Good morning and welcome to another episode of Crime Over Coffee. We're your hosts. I'm Erica. And I'm Abby. And today I'm going to tell you Christy Flynn's story. So pour yourselves a strong cup of joe and let's dive in. continue on with our content for this week's episode shortly but first we wanted to take a moment to let you know about an opportunity to listen to even more crime over coffee content by signing up for our patreon you can receive ad-free episodes and additional content to check out this opportunity and sign up for the crime over coffee patreon visit www.patreon.com slash crime over coffee pod thank you again for all of your support um hi everyone a little disclosure up front This is a little bit of a more violent episode. It's a little rough. The ending's a little better than most, but I just want to give you a heads up. Uh, It does deal with sexual assault, and I just wanted to let you guys know up front. I first heard about this case, believe it or not, watching a documentary per usual and started to look into it because honestly, it was both insane and it had just, it kind of like, resonated with me and I think you guys will understand why as I go through it but I just really felt this need to tell this story and it's about Christy Flynn. Christy Flynn was a mom who had a son named Chris and she lived with him in Sulphur Springs which was in Arkansas. She had a very close relationship with him. She was a great mom. Her son worshipped her and in 1991 She had actually, her and her son for a while actually lived with her mom, but then her mom moved away and Christy and Chris moved as well. And that's how they ended up in Sulphur Springs. So at this point, Christy's mom was living about a hundred miles away from where Christy and Chris lived. So, and in December of 1991, Christy took Chris to stay with her mom for a little while. On December 9th, 1991, Christy and one of her really good friends, Henry, were hanging out. They were at his place and they were just watching football. And I guess they they were really into football, so they were invested in the game. And at some point, the TV actually goes out. And so they decide to go to a local bar to watch the rest of the game. They're like, we could have some drinks, watch the game, play pool. It'll be great. And so Christy's like, yeah, sure, let's do that. And she drives them over there. Now, mind you, this is a pretty small town with a pretty regular scene. A lot of people know everyone, you know, that same old story. And this bar was very much a local bar, kind of a dive bar. And it's mentioned that, you know, if you're not from the area, you do seem a little out of place in there. And they know this. Henry and Christy are just having a good time at the bar. And at some point, three men come into the bar. They're being a little loud and rambunctious. Everybody kind of felt a little weird like like I said everyone knew everyone they knew that these people didn't really fit in and it was a little off and Chrissy was a little uneasy because of this as the night goes on the three guys start talking with Christy and Henry Henry I guess was a very friendly person he was very outgoing the kind of life of the party kind of deal and so he's talking with these people 
Christy's not feeling it, but Henry's at some point the bar's gonna close and Henry's like, well, I wanna keep hanging out and keep drinking. So he's like, why don't you guys come over to our place? We'll stop at the liquor store, get some more booze and hang out. And so he's going to Christy saying, hey, can you maybe um, like drive them back to my place? And she said, I don't have room in my in my truck. He's like, it's fine, it's close, I'll walk. You just drive them and we'll meet up there. And Christy is not eager on this plan at all. As I said, she was feeling a little off about them. So one, I think this is a perfect example of being aware of your surroundings and like recognizing when something's off. Also, if he could walk to his place, why couldn't they also walk to his place? Like, why do they need a ride from Christy? That's a good point. I think he was just trying to be polite and friendly. Like maybe it was enough of a walk that it would have been like a bit for them, but he was going to do it just so that the just so the party could keep going. But that's a solid point. Who knows? Anyway, Christy, again, she's uncomfortable and she decides I'm going to kind of like sneak out and just go to my truck and go to Henry's. And that way I'm away from them. I'll meet back up with Henry later. Like, you know, it is what it is. I'm not comfortable. And so she starts going out to the truck and as she gets to the truck, they jump her and they attack her and push her in the car and they take off warning this is where it gets a little bit more graphic they end up driving christy to a kind of secluded area which wasn't hard to find in this area of arkansas it was pretty rural and they do end up beating her and sexually assaulting her after all of this they are driving around and they have her in the truck and she's like can i can you pull over so i can pee i really have to go to the bathroom and the guys are arguing. They're not sure if they should. And one of them's like, what's she going to do? Just like, just let her. And she tries to make a run for it. And of course, you know, there's these three kind of younger men and she's been through it. And they catch her pretty easily and they get more violent and beat her even more and put her back in the truck. And they... We're kind of trying to figure out what to do next. They're starting to realize like, hey, we probably we probably will get caught if we let her go because she's seen all of our faces. She knows us. And they make the decision that they're going to kill her. And they drive to a small village or town, just like a kind of small little rural area, collection of houses called, I think it was called Rudy. And they find this remote location and they take her out of the truck and they stab her with a screwdriver all of them do they take turns doing this and she ends up being stabbed 28 times they then to hide her they push her off the side of the road into a ravine that was probably about anywhere from you know eight to ten feet down from the road and then they take off and then it's not until the next morning that there were two kids two boys walking towards their school bus stop and they actually see Christy on the side of the road. But when they find her, she's alive. Where I left off, we find out that Christy had actually survived. And I think Erica might have some comments from, you know, the last information I kind of threw out there. I am shocked that she is alive. She has a very strong will to live. You said she was stabbed 26 times with a screwdriver? Oh, 28. Worse. 28 times with a screwdriver. She was beaten multiple times by multiple men. Like, I am amazed that she's alive. And then she was left out there for hours before she was discovered. And she somehow survived. I am 
willing to bet there's a lot of trauma and probably a lot of injuries that you're going to tell me about. Props to her. Like, uh, that's amazing that she was able to fight through that. And then I am assuming, just an assumption, that a lot of the things that we're going to learn about these men and the reason that we know kind of what happened leading up to this was because she was able to give a testimony afterwards. Absolutely. Christy is super inspiring and so strong and she's the reason I kind of was drawn to this story and as I mentioned I watched a documentary about this um I really recommend watching it it's from the show no one can hear you scream and it's actually called fight like a mother which I think is very fitting for Christy she does give some interviews and she kind of talks about her experience and where her mindset was and I do want to share just a little bit of that. Um, I'll start, though, with the boys finding her. You know, she had been very brutally attacked. And actually, I guess one of the boys said something like, oh, like it's a monster or something. And she had to be like, no, no, like, get me help. And so one of the boys went to, uh, I guess a police officer must have lived close by and he ran over And the other one gave her his coat, like put it over her and waited with her until help arrived. How old did you say these boys were? I'm not sure. I saw different things. Some said teenagers, but the fact that they thought she was a monster makes me think maybe a little bit younger, but enough to know what to do and walk by themselves, I guess. Well, uh, yeah, I was just going to say like, that's awesome that they were able to be so helpful in this situation and that they were able to get her help and like give her her like a coat and to just provide her some sort of comfort in this awful moment like props to those boys as well and christy had mentioned that during this entire ordeal she said like in her heart she just knew she wasn't gonna die she's like i don't know why but i just knew and um it comes up a few more times but i'll mention it up now she has very strong faith and she does account a lot of this to her faith she kind of talks about remembering everything that happened. She really didn't black out any of it, um, which is, you know, really unfortunate. The reason that the men kind of ran off, they one of the initial stabs actually paralyzed her from, I think, I want to say the waist down. It might have been more than that. And she ended up passing out then. And at that point, they think she was, they thought she was dead. So they took off after putting her dumping her down in the ravine and when she woke up the next morning she talks about how she could see her son at the top by the road like encourage her like come on mom don't give up come up here and that's what gave her the strength to get up there is to get to her son even though he wasn't actually you know physically there and I just like that resonated with me I'm not a mom but I understand that like mom connection in a sense obviously not completely but it really just like pulled on my heartstrings it makes the title fight like a mother even more like fit even more because she was fighting yeah absolutely for her son and for herself we researched a lot of true crime and i watched a lot of true crime documentaries and shows this one actually like it had me in tears when i was watching it it just really it hit home with me somehow and like I said I recommend watching it and hearing from Christy herself talk about it because it's I think when it's a strength in women it just really is something so special the ambulance arrives and they take her to the hospital to treat her she had been stabbed in her chest and her throat and her spine she had a lot of injuries she had also been you know beaten and sexually assaulted 
multiple times. So she really was going through it. And she couldn't even talk because her vocal cords had gotten messed up from one of the stab wounds. But, and not to mention her hand had a bunch of nerve damage, but she still was somehow able to write down enough for investigators to go off on. So what she says is basically um, when they were stabbing her, one of them was like, I want you to know who's sending you to hell. And they like told her their names or something. In case you guys haven't figured it out, these men are trash trash humans and evil and terrible but you know just sadistic doesn't even begin to cover it but nonetheless she has all their names she also gives investigators and police her truck description and the clothes that she was wearing because they had taken her clothes as well and when police have all this they put out like a you know watch out for this or be on the lookout and they end up getting a phone call from an officer who said they found some clothing and bushes on the side of the road and they went and look and it matches you know it's got blood on it it matches what she was wearing and they find a wallet that was there with it they open it up and it actually has a student id in it and the student had gone to Northside high school in portsmouth and it belonged to 16 year old adam mcveigh who went by travis and so naturally they call the Portsmouth Police Department and are like, hey, this is what's going on. This is what we found. And they tell them, oh, actually, we think he was involved in a murder here as well. At this point, we have a potential connection to this attack. Um, not to mention, police did already have this guy's name. But they also find the student ID belonging to Adam Travis McKay, also known as Travis. And we find out that he might be connected to another murder that happened in Portsmouth. What about Henry? Like, he was supposed to, in theory, he'd invite these guys back to his house and he'd ask Christy to give them a ride. And then Christy and these guys just go missing. Did he find that at all concerning? I am guessing it happened so fast because she was found the next morning. You know, and I don't know really exactly, obviously, what happened with him, but I'm guessing it just unraveled so fast. He didn't make, really get a chance to be like, hey, guys, um, Christy's missing. I do know that from the documentary that Christy actually said, well, she had heard from her family that Henry came to see her once in the hospital and then he just like took off. Um, and they never really heard much from him again. I'm guessing he probably was holding a lot of shame and regret and feeling terrible and couldn't, you know, deal with that. And that's something else about Christy that really struck me. She's like, I want him to know that it's okay. Like, I don't hold anything against him. You know, he he didn't mean for any of this to happen kind of thing. Well, yeah, there's no way that he could have known, like, what these no. guys were capable of or what they were going to do. Like, they seemed like harmless kids right like i don't think that henry could even like i don't think that anybody could blame henry for it i i could see like if i was in his shoes i could see where he would be coming from a little bit like it's nice that christy like has made it publicly clear like she doesn't blame him for anything mm -hmm. absolutely and you know at this point we have the id we do have names and so let me give you the rest of them um, I mentioned 16-year-old Adam Travis McVeigh. Also with them was 18-year-old Donald Peterson. 
and 34-year-old Jimmy Joe Winters. And that is something that comes up that it was a little odd them be at the barks it's like this old dude with two teenagers basically not old dude he was 34 but older guy with teenagers at the bar yeah that's a little odd for sure now back to the other murder on december 10th 1991 the three guys were planning on taking off you know they were they were trying to get out of there to avoid getting captured and taken into custody and they go to the a salvage yard, and it's actually how they met. The salvage yard was owned by Travis's stepfather, and the guys planned to stop and grab some stuff to try to sell and get money to get out of town. Um, some tools, a radio, some other random stuff. And there was a gentleman who was the night watchman there named Gene Seaton, and he actually knew them and knew Travis especially. And... He's hearing this sound, so he comes out and he sees Travis. He's like, oh, like, Travis, what are you doing here? And he had had his gun out because he thought, you know, there's someone trying to steal stuff and he's a watchman. And and Donald Peterson came up behind Gene and hit him with a bumper jack and beat him to death with it. Travis also had a hand in this and also beat him as well. They beat him so bad that some of the investigators and police said they really, when they arrived, they thought this gentleman had been shot like point blank in the face. Oh my gosh. Why are these guys so violent? Yeah, they're terrible. And you know, this whole story makes me wonder what else they've done in the past because I just don't believe this is all their first crime. No, especially the guy in his 30s. Like, I feel like he had to have had some sort of experience with crime before this like do we find out if they had any sort of prior record other than potential that's what murder? i know of um nothing that came up at least but there is very little articles about this online i do know that christy mentions the older gentleman that was involved and i guess like he still had a hand in it but he wasn't as aggressive as the two kids quote unquote the 18 year old and 16 year old so do we know how the young teen boys got connected with the older guy like how that relationship started they all had worked together at the salvage yard and at this point the three men are still bolting and they're still in christie's truck too and they're actually driving and they come across a hitchhiker and pull over to pick him up which is kind of odd in this scenario but this poor guy gets in the truck and he sees blood splatters everywhere and he's like uh what's that and they just full on like tell him what they did they're like bragging about it basically what which this man has to be freaking out Uh, i mean first off never uh, picking up hitchhikers is a whole different thing well this is like a flip of it (laughs) yeah i i know like uh, so i not that this is the exact same situation but people are always like People are always like with hitchhikers, like, how do I know you're not a murderer or something? And like, there's been this thing going around lately. I've seen it on TikTok a couple times, but it's like, but somebody picks up a hitchhiker and the hitchhiker's like, how do you know I'm not a murderer? And they're like, well, it would be unlikely that there's two of us in the car at the same time. And like, that's kind of what I'm thinking of in this instance. Like, you don't expect the person picking you up to be the, the killer. But like, 
if I was a hitchhiker, I'd be like, oh, you know how I asked you to like take me 10 miles up the road? I actually meant one mile and like right here's great. Yeah, well, I mean, and they're just outwardly telling him like, I'm sure he's thinking he's not going to get let go as well. And as they're driving with him, they actually are stopping at different truck stops. They're trying to sell their stuff they had stolen from the salvage yard to get more money. And I guess they'd called someone that they knew relatively. I don't know the extent of it, but they're trying to sell them or sell them something or say they needed money. And police are able to actually track this phone call and they track it to a truck stop in Arizona. And so they head there and the guys are all there and they're able to take them all into custody without any incident they get the confession that they gave to the hitchhiker obviously and which proved even more instrumental not that it wasn't already because christy's alive and can identify them they are all charged with kidnapping rape and capital murder and they all actually pled guilty and they're sentenced to life was there any sort of plea deal that caused them to plead guilty or well i think it was a um you're caught (laughs) like there was no way around it i'm not sure the extent of this i know they asked christy and her family if they wanted to go for the death penalty and she had said no she basically was like i don't you know adding more death into this isn't changing anything for me i don't want to go for that at that point they're sentenced to life and that might have been you know whether they knew it or not they might have taken the pled guilty because they thought it might be on the table, whether it was actually going to be or not, which, I mean, in this case, like, it wouldn't be out of reason. No, their crimes were extremely brutal and violent. So, yeah. Now, and I guess maybe you don't know this because you said there weren't a whole lot of articles on it, but was there any, like, medical or mental diagnoses for any of these guys? Like, they just, the brutality of this, because, like, they didn't know Christy before this. Not really. So, like, it just is insane to me how, like, violent it was towards her. Like, it was definitely overkill. I Like, I'm almost thinking they kind of just did it for fun, which makes me think that maybe there was a very sadistic tendency in them and maybe mental illness. But do you know? Well, they're not in any type of, like, hospital. They went straight to prison. So, if so, it didn't matter enough, I guess. It sounds like. A bunch of trash people doing trash things it's always interesting when you look at if you try to look at it from that perspective i just feel like when you're kidnapping someone and sexually assaulting them multiple times you there's intent there you know what i mean yeah i would not have agreed with them getting like a mental illness or like a mental health right. facility just as their as they're sentencing, they definitely needed to be in prison. I was just curious, you know, if there was anything else kind of there because so brutal and so awful, but so strong of Christy to be able to testify against them and to be able to play a part in getting these guys put into jail. Because if she hadn't, then they most likely would have continued on, would be my assumption. Absolutely. And I'm going to start to wrap this up, but I'm going to start with one more thing that's a little upsetting, depending on, I guess, who's listening. And then I'm going to finish it with happier stuff, I promise. But there is something I want to mention. In April 2019, Travis was released on parole. He was 16 when the crimes happened. And because of that, he was you know up for parole and granted it 
This is something that is very surprising and upsetting to Christy and her family in a sense, because from what she says, he was kind of the instigator, him and the and Donald. And so, I mean, obviously you can look at that either way, depending on your stance on it, but that's something I'm unhappy about. Yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that either. I know rehabilitation and like prison reform, like this is like a real thing that we're trying to get towards, but there's just like some cases where it just, I don't think, I think out of respect for their like victims and the families Mm -hmm. and things like there should just be a whole different layer. I was going to ask too. So you had said when they had stabbed Christy repeatedly, she was like, she was paralyzed. Was that permanent damage? Is she still paralyzed? That's a perfect segue. Let me lead into a little bit more happy stuff. So Christy did end up learning to walk again. She regained, you know, um, the opportunity to, and she still has a lot of damage and she still has some struggles, but she was able to start walking again. And Chris and Christy actually had a pretty happy life together. This really bonded them even more than they already were, which, you know, it's not surprising when your your reality is shaken like that, where you might lose someone. They became really close and how Chris put it, he's like hearing her talk about how I was that driving force for her to keep going made me even more realize how much love she had for me. Not that there was any doubt that there was, but they had a pretty good life after that, all things considered. Everybody interviewed was just calling her a hero, and I wholeheartedly agree. And, you know, Chrissy, she's talking about kind of her purpose for coming out and telling her story, and she's talking about trying to help other people find strength and find their faith and find what they need to keep them going and what a powerful person i know that many people would be able to come back from that and for her to do it is just so inspiring thanks to listening to this week's episode of crime over coffee you can find us on instagram at crime over coffee or on Facebook at Crime Over Coffee Podcast, where all of our photo and video content for each episode can be found. You can also email us your thoughts and case suggestions at crimeovercoffeepod at outlook.com. All of our sources can be found in the show notes for each episode. If you would like, you can support us by going to anchor.fm slash crimeovercoffee. You can also support us by recommending us to friends and family, giving us a good review on Apple Podcasts, or subscribing to us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.